0: The resignation of Kevin McAleenan as acting Homeland Security Secretary a couple of weeks ago has brought up the question of acting officials and the Federal Vacancies Reform Act. The law places restrictions on how a president can fill openings temporarily. The Trump administration might be running afoul of that law. Here with analysis, attorney Deborah D'Agostino of the Federal Practice Group. Deborah, good to have you back
1: good to be here.
0: Tell us what is going on. Now, there is another someone appointed in there as acting, but there's limits on how long actings can act and how many people can act as acting. Tell us what the law stipulates.
1: Well, the law is actually pretty straightforward, but its application is where it gets messy. So the law says that when a vacancy is created, and in this case, it's when Secretary Nielsen resigned. So the vacancy was actually technically created back in April. Yeah, I remember
0: her way back when.
1: (laughs) Way back. It seems like a very long time ago now. Uh, But the law says uh, that the president can appoint as acting either the first assistant to the position that became vacant or somebody who's been Senate confirmed or a senior agency employee who served for at least 90 days preceding the vacancy. So in this case, that would have to be someone who served 90 days preceding when Secretary Nielsen resigned back in April.
0: And that person who has been serving 90 days can be a career employee?
1: It can be, yes. Uh, And so in this case, uh, you know, what arose is that Trump expressed interest in appointing either Mr. Cuccinelli or Mr. Morgan to serve as the next acting Homeland uh, Secretary. And it's interesting that we're talking about appointing acting as opposed to appointing a nominee to be secretary, but, but that is what we're talking about now. And uh, the White House personnel office actually did go to him and apparently told him that the Federal Vacancy Reform Act would preclude him from appointing either Mr. Cuccinelli or Mr. Morgan.
0: Because they are, what, not having served 90 days? They have, actually. Cuccinelli has. Or because, what? What disbars well, them?
1: Because they didn't serve 90 days preceding when Secretary Nielsen resigned. I see. Uh, And so that's, that's where this gets complicated. <laughs> so um, it's not when the last acting secretary resigned. It's when the actual Senate-confirmed secretary resigned.
0: Right. So Cuccinelli came then less than 90 days before that, as well as Morgan. So what can the president do other than appoint someone permanently? And what happens to the department without someone in the secretary position even as acting?
1: Well, the president does still have choices. Uh, it's interesting because there is actually a statutory succession plan that exists for the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, and it's it's really glaring how many of those positions in the succession plan are currently either vacant or have someone acting in them. Um, but, for example, uh, TSA Administrator Prakowski He's someone who could properly fill that position. Um, there's also a new agency, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, and the head of that would be someone who would be appropriate to appoint as acting. So he sure. does have some choices.
0: Krebs is the person at CISA. So, yeah, so they could yes. serve in, and then someone could come in acting under either one of those at CISA or at TSA, by virtue of having been there 90 days or being a Senate confirmed in some other job.
1: Right. And so what's happening is the sort of domino effect where, you know, someone's acting in a position, then they're nominated to another acting position. And then it's sort of like domino filling in these vacant slots.
0: I guess maybe the stimulus for the approach the White House has been taking, even if incorrectly, is that it just takes a long time for the Senate to get around to confirm anybody.
1: It does. And that was certainly an issue uh, when Trump First took office. I mean, the Senate was taking longer to confirm his nominees. Although, you know, the nominees did have more complicated, you know, financial histories. For example, I mean, think of Wilbur Ross. I mean, you know, he's some of these nominees are not the typical um, nominees to take these positions. So even their background investigations took a longer time. Um, but it does seem that that now, you know, three years in, it, it, it is uh, – and I think President Trump's even publicly announced that he does almost prefer to have someone acting as opposed to having someone Senate-confirmed and in the position. And I'm not sure the folks who work at those agencies feel the same. I, I feel like uh, it does create this, this leadership gap and this, this sense of uncertainty for those serving in those agencies.
0: We're speaking with Deborah D'Agostino, founding partner of the Federal Practice Group, and maybe review what acting people can do and what they cannot do in terms of policy and permanent change of that department, and also what can happen to what they've the actions they've taken after they're no longer acting or after they're gone and someone permanent comes in.
1: Sure. Well, while they're serving as acting, they really can carry out uh, the obligations of the position. So they do have the authority to put things in motion that, you know, for example, the Secretary of DHS would have the authority to put in motion. I do think from below, though, uh, people do look at someone Senate-confirmed differently than someone who's acting. Uh, The the big risk that the Federal Vacancies Reform Act creates is that if someone in the position is there improperly or acting in the position improperly, or if, uh, as happened under Obama, he nominates the person who's acting, and that's also a violation of the Federal Vacancy Reform Act, then the risk is that everything that person did can become undone. And so that did happen to Obama with, with the uh, OPM director. Uh, and that's, that's certainly really risky right now, given uh, DHS and, and all that's going on with DHS.
0: Yeah, that's something to keep in mind. If one is acting in order to be appointed to the permanent job for Senate confirmation, they've got to leave And then get appointed, correct?
1: They do, and so that creates the sort of dance that goes on that that creates again, you know, more sort of uh, instability and uncertainty.
0: Yeah, the comings and goings eventually do have an effect, I think, on an organization. What is the background of the Federal Vacancies Reform Act? Presumably it reforms the Federal Vacancies Act. What was the stimulus to reforming, and when did that all happen?
1: It's actually a pretty new law. Uh, So it, it became law in 1998. Um, and the idea really was to make clear, um, you know, that the appointment of an acting position isn't supposed to be a way to get around Congress. And so, um, you know, if if you never have to worry about the Senate actually confirming someone, and you just have this series of of folks acting, that's sort of a, a way around the Constitution. <laughs> uh, and so, the Federal Vacancies Reform Act was supposed to. Um, clamp down on that and make sure that the folks who are supposed to be Senate-confirmed actually are. Um, and, you know, certainly this administration has has come up with loopholes around this. Um, and, you know, here we are today with the, the current state of affairs.
0: And that was during the Bill Clinton administration. So there must have been activities there with respect to filling vacancies that prompted Congress to do this?
1: Well, I think this is something that's been going on, uh, you know, for as, as long as time. I mean, um, you know, the president wants uh, who he or maybe someday she wants in that position. Um, and, you know, for example, with Mr. Cuccinelli, uh, it's apparently been made clear by the Senate that he wouldn't be confirmed. But, you know, uh, President Trump really likes him, wants him in there. Um, and so, just to even get uh, Mr. Cuccinelli in his current position, um, you know they created a, a position, called it first assistant, put him in there. Um, so, I mean, this is a constant tension between, you know, Senate um, and the president uh, to pick people to serve in these important positions.
0: So, what would a legal strategy be now for Homeland Security? Maybe get everybody out of there and start with all brand new appointees and actings?
1: Well, honestly, uh, there's plenty of vacant positions right now. Um, I think the safest thing to do would be to pick somebody who isn't going to, you know, cause uh, any of these problems. Someone like uh, Administrator Pekoski, who is a valid choice to serve as acting secretary. Uh, And then, you know, maybe we do uh, try to focus on getting actual secretaries and and shift away from this acting just to provide a bit more stability, especially in an agency like DHS, where there's so many vacancies uh, that exist right now at the top.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, what seems to be the most stable and model that I've seen watching this over many years is to put someone that's a long-serving, say, senior executive service career member in acting, and they know how things work and they can be effective in acting, waiting for the political appointee to come through. Nice feather in their cap, but then just seems to be more orderly that way.
1: It certainly is more orderly that way. And traditionally, the first assistant is the most obvious choice to step into the the vacancy. Uh, And that's what usually happens in these cases. I think, you know, what's going on now with DHS, for example, is, you know, President Trump's immigration policy is obviously extremely politically charged. um, And, you know, they're really looking for somebody who will follow that policy, who isn't going to buck him, isn't going to try to go in a different direction. Uh, And so when you get something that's so politically charged like that, it's difficult to just put a career person in there. Uh, and say, hey, carry this out, um, you know, when, when there could be some tension there with the policy.
0: Deborah D'Agostino is founding partner of the Federal Practice Group and leads its federal employment law team. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
1: A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that
0: hold powerful people accountable. What You did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands
1: on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports.